Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Fight fans, we welcome you into a brand new edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Kenobi. We have a jam-packed show. Joining us today on the program, Keith, one-time Thurman. We got him on the Skype hotline. We'll get his thoughts on uh, when he's going to get back into the ring, who he's going to fight. Also brought up that Pacquiao fight in a very interesting moment. Uh, there was a picture that surfaced during fight week or after the fight of him at a roulette table. We'll get exactly when that was taken uh, and all that good stuff uh, with Keith Thurman. But now I have to bring in my co-host for the day. He is Mr. Karan Batia. we got a standing eight-count segment coming your way. You know him as the host of the Ask the Experts podcast, and he's a former multiple Emmy Award winner at HBO Boxing. Current a big week of boxing. We were front row for Adam Konaki's, I would say it was a shocking loss. Absolutely shocking, but the Polish fans still came out in Barclay Center despite the coronavirus. There was over 8,000 strong at Barclay Center. It's good to see people still coming to boxing, and we'll see if that rings true coming up in Madison Square Garden. We have a couple fights coming up. You're not going to hear any coronavirus no. jokes from me or Karen in this standing eight. Put away the hand mind. sanitizer? Yes. Okay, get your mind off of that. Keith yeah. Thurman, news, notes, rumors. It's coming up next. Kern, we were both live in attendance at the Barclays Center. Had really good seats ringside for Adam Konacki versus Robert Hellenius. We thought it was going to be Konacki's uh, big fight for him to move forward. But boxing plans, they're quickly derailed. Konacki gets knocked out. Big, big time shocker. 20 to 1 favorite uh, he was in this fight. Quickly, the next thing moves on to what is next for Adam Konacki. I'll ask you right here. I think there's a lot ne- uh, there's a lot left for Adam Kovnowski. I think this was the beginning, not the end. And, and what I mean by that is he's only 30 years old. That's very young for a heavyweight, right? Robert Hellenius was 36 years old. He got the knockout. So I think what I said about Wilder is that when Wilder lost, right, this could be one of the best things that happened to him. Because when a fighter, yes, they lose that O next to their name, but now it's time for uh, some introspection to look at your team, to make changes, to come back stronger, better than ever, to be outside of your comfort zone. And I think that's what's going to happen for Adam Kovnowski. I think he can go back to the drawing board here, evaluate his training methods, his team that he's working with. He came in a little higher on weight than we've seen him before, so maybe he wants to work on training in that way. So I think that this will ultimately be a good thing, and I think there's a lot left for Adam Kovnowski. Right, you brought up Deontay Wilder, and he has that air of invinci- invincibility around him, and I think he lost that when he lost to Fury. His whole career was predicated on knocking dudes out and being the hardest puncher the heavyweight division has ever seen. That's not the case for Kovnowski, and it's a big reason why I think that he can bounce back relatively quickly, is because he doesn't have an air of invincibility. He has an air of a of an overachiever, a, a fun fighter, a fan-friendly fighter that throws a lot of punches. He can quickly, maybe for his next fight, how about you get him out of Brooklyn for once? I know it's a lot of pressure on hometown fighters. There was 9,000 fans in the crowd at Barclays Center, all there uh, for him, so uh, I think that his next fight, maybe put it in Chicago, where there's a big, heavy uh, um, 
Polish population there in Chicago. Get a nice win, get back on track. Another thing, too, is he benefits Adam Kornowski from the recent string of losses from heavyweights. We've seen Deontay Wilder lose. We've seen Andy Ruiz lose. We've seen Anthony Joshua lose. If he was the first guy to lose and lose that, oh, maybe I'd be a little more concerned. But now we see a path. We've seen this. Everything in boxing is all about trends. So the fact that he has one, one loss now, not the worst thing in the world, because a lot of fighters have losses, and it's something that Kornowski even said in his post-fight presser. You know, you know who's had losses before? Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Robinson. Exactly. All a lot of great fighters have had losses. And if you look at Canelo Alvarez, right? He lost to Mayweather, and look at where he is at now. So I think it's our job as journalists, as fans, to say that undefeated, that undefeated record isn't as important as taking those big opportunities, taking those big fights, getting those big matchups. I think that's what's important. And I also think what's still on the table is that Andy Ruiz matchup. I still think that's going to be a great fight for Adam Kavanowski. Maybe not next, but I'd like to still see that. Kovnowski versus Reese. So I think there's a lot left. Yeah, there's a lot of heavyweight division is, is exploding right now, and there's actually not that many viable opponents out there. So maybe we, we'll see Kovnowski versus Ruiz. Piggybacking off of topic two, here's my question for you, Dan. We know Adam Kovnowski had the opportunity to fight Anthony Joshua in June of 2019. It was short notice. He didn't take it. Andy Ruiz stepped in. We know Andy Ruiz won that fight. So, let me ask you this. Should fighters take that career-defining opportunity even if it's on short notice? Right, it is a trend. I we just talked about trends in boxing. This trend now, it seems like something that's a phenomenon. It's uh, guys like Canelo Alvarez, the cash cows, Anthony Joshua, you know, throwing, uh, having fights where they need opponents and then throwing out offers or maybe half offers because I don't think Konakis was an actual offer according uh, to him. But we saw with Caleb Plant, he was offered a fight with Canelo Alvarez and he ultimately said no. Andy Ruiz was offered a fight with Anthony Joshua. He took it and he ran with it and now he's $20 million richer and we see what it did for his career. Now the, the case with Konakis is did he get that offer or not? Is it real or not? But ultimately he did not take a fight. He had different plans but Going to your question, if, it, if it's a wise one to take a fight on short notice, a career-defining fight, man, I know we're supposed to give a, a definitive answer and we're supposed to go with it, but I'm going to be a little wish-washy here. I think it goes case by case. When you take a look at another guy, Sergey Kovalev, makes sense for him to take that fight with Canelo. He's 36 years old. He's cashing out. But a guy like Caleb Plant, I mean, he's got so many you know options and he's got so many uh, his career ahead of him. And... I, just, I don't know where to go with this. I feel like it goes case by case. I think Konaki should have took the Joshua fight. I think maybe Plant should have, should have stick with his plan uh, of moving up uh, at how he wants. But it's just like you got to take that money. I can see both sides of it. So I'm going to I'm gonna play both sides of it. Devil's advocate here. So let's say Adam Kovnowski took the Anthony Joshua fight on short notice, right? He wasn't prepared to have his full training camp, but the opportunity came calling. Then he fought Anthony Joshua, and he got knocked out really bad, right? Maybe his chin was exposed, whatever. And then we'd be saying, wow, hey, Adam Kovnowski, you really were on, on pace to get your title shot. You should have stayed in line and built up to the big title opportunity that you were building towards, right? So that, that could have happened. So to, to, for me, I'm going to have to also do a very polarizing answer of it depends right it depends it's case by case but in general I do think that these opportunities don't come that often and I think if you should set up your career as a fighter that if those opportunities come you should be jumping at those right so if you remember Jaime Munguia at one point was offered Triple G he's like yes I'll do it and if you look at we talked about Canelo Alvarez in the last topic he was given the Mayweather opportunity at just 23 years old he ended up losing that fight 
you know what? He learned a lot from that loss, and now he's on top of our sport. Yeah. So I do think it depends, but in general, I think that yeah. fighters should try to take these career-defining opportunities if they are presented to them. I'm changing my mind. I'm going, they should take them. <laughs> Dare to be great, even though I hate that phrase in, in boxing. You take the fight, you take the money, and I think fight fans are very sophisticated fans, and they know if you go in there and you're taking on, you're giving us entertainment, you're giving us the fight that we want to see. I think everyone would like to see Caleb Plant fight Canelo Alvarez over BJ Saunders. You don't get knocked out from the first round. You don't get embarrassed. You put on a good performance. Fans will love it. And then you will get title shots because, let's be honest, title shots don't always come just because of rankings. They come because of popularity and what they think a fight can sell. So I'm changing my mind. Go for it. Dare to be great. Take a fight on short notice. Well, you also have to look at it. It's also kind of like a free roll, we call it, right? Because if you have the opportunity, and let's say you lose right? Then you can at least say, hey, I didn't have my full training camp, right? It's almost like an inbuilt reason. So either way, if you get the win, that's great. And if you lose, you could say, hey, I didn't have my full training camp. What do you want me to do? Sticking with the heavyweight division current, it is hotter than ever. It's going to dominate the first portion of this standing eight count. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, round three is on. This is actually round three of the standing eight count. How do you like that? But they're going fight, to be fighting each other, and we think July will have more on that uh, later on in the show. But let's state a case for each guy. I don't expect much to change for Fury. I think all of this has to do with Deontay Wilder. Well, here's the case for Fury, okay? Last time he got to the mountaintop, and we've talked about this a lot of times, he fought Vladimir Klitschko, and then he kind of went off the rails, right? Gained 400 pounds, uh, was suicidal, had mental health issues. So... Fury needs to be motivated, right, with some, with a big prize to stay in training, to keep himself in line. Well, what is a bigger prize than beating Deontay Wilder again, right? Because someone could argue, okay, first fight was a draw, Fury won the second. There's still a little bit to be resolved there. And then Anthony Joshua, right? There's no bigger prize than a guy who has the other three belts, which would be the undisputed heavyweight championship plus the lineal championship plus 100,000 fans and a soccer stadium in Europe. I mean, there's no bigger prize than that. So the case for Fury is that the motivation is still there to be great. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, and also think having this fight quickly or somewhat quickly, whether it's July or, 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 or later, we'll touch on that later, uh, is he doesn't have a chance to blow up, doesn't have a chance to not train, right? I think he already posted something where he's running and, and he's he's already back in the gym, and he's a guy that clearly has to stay on track in order to be successful. I don't think uh, that, I think we should stop doubting uh, Tyson Fury. I think he'll come out and fight the same exact way. But over to the Deontay Wilder, I think Deontay Wilder needs to just go in there and wing. Just throw crazy punches, go back to the, the haymakers and the windmill punches that he was throwing early on in his career before he kind of refined it. And uh, that whole thing of, I only have to be perfect for one second, I think that has to go out the window as well. I think he needs to go in there and run at Tyson Fury. Just like Tyson Fury ran at uh, Deontay Wilder, I think uh, Wilder has to do the same thing. I don't think he can sit back and wait for that perfect shot anymore. That's why I think this third fight is intriguing. And I'm talking to a lot of people. It's like, I don't care about the third fight. How's it going to sell? I don't think so. I think this fight, they build up Deontay Wilder, and they just talk about that right hand, how he can land it. And I, th I expect Deontay Wilder, or I would implore him, I think he needs help training. Maybe I can get in there too. But I think they can implore him to throw heavy punches and go wild in there. So here's the case for Deontay Wilder. First of all, I think you should stay away from that 
training Come camp. Come on, I'm throwing my hat in the ring. Everyone is. <laughs> uh, here's the case for Deontay Wilder. He had his first loss. That really changed things. He had never lost in his entire career, right? He started boxing at 18. He's 34 years old now. Has never tasted defeat. So he's going to look at uh, his, his trainers. He's going to make changes. There was rumors that he was going to work with Joe Goosen. I think that would have been a great addition. Joe Goosen now working with Puluev. So now it's Wilder has to find someone else. But making changes. I disagree in terms of coming at Fury in the third fight. I think what he has to do is the game plan that he had against Bermain Stavern in their first fight. And that is work off the jab and move. I think we need to add more tools yeah. back into Deontay Wilder. I need. We want to see that jab. We yeah. want to see a hook. We want to see movement. So that would be my case for Deontay Wilder. I, I feel like he tried that. But also maybe get a new co a costume guy. I know you interviewed both those guys. Check that interview out. It's wild. Round four on standing eight count. We talked about Tyson Fury. So Tyson Fury says he has two more fights left in him. Uh, we know he's flirted with retirement before. So he also says a lot of things, right? Do we believe that Tyson Fury only has two more fights left? Listen, I am done doubting Tyson Fury about anything he says. If he said he was going to show up here today in studio, I would believe him. I was on this very show years ago when he started his comeback trail and he was 400 pounds and he was posting those selfies yeah. saying, I'm going to come back. We laughed at him. I literally laughed at him on this show. I can go back and pull him up. I did not think he was going to come in at 270. I did not think he was going to take the fight uh, to Deontay Wilder. He proved me wrong every single time, proved a lot of boxing fans wrong, so I will take him at his word that he's only going to fight two more times. He's going to fight Deontay Wilder, and he's going to fight Anthony Joshua. I actually believe that he would fight Anthony Joshua. I think that he'll find a way. I think ESPN and, and Matchroom will come together, top rank and Matchroom, and they will make that fight. I am done doubting Tyson Fury. I think we should all take him for his word. But then again, I can see him maybe retiring, you know, doing another retirement, then coming back out. He's only 31 years old. But let's just take him for his word here. I think he's uh, you know, shown that he's not lying. Well, he also said he was going to try to knock out Deontay Wilder in two rounds, and he actually went for the knockout. He ran, he sprinted at him, and he knocked him down a couple times. And So he actually told us that was his game plan. I believe that he's going to fight two more times, and I don't believe that he would come out of retirement. And okay. I think he, so in 2013, he tried retirement, actually. And he said that he went to the bar, he was drinking, he was doing drugs, he was doing everything, and it didn't satisfy him. And the reason it didn't satisfy him is because he, had, he knew he had more to achieve in the sport. Well, he achieved beating Vladimir Klitschko. Now he's achieved beating Deontay Wilder. If he fights two more times, we're, we're thinking those fights are going to be Wilder and Joshua. However those fights go right? There's probably not going to be that much more to achieve after that, especially if he wins both of those fights. Right. So I could see him riding off into the sunset at that point, trying to do something else. One thing that I think is huge is that he did a WWE fight. That seems like a very natural platform for him, for his persona, for his charisma. You can make a lot of money doing that mm -hmm. and you're not, it's not as risky as, as professional boxing. Yeah, you can also stay in shape too. That's a, th a big thing. He talked about training fighters. He talked about you know opening up a, his own heavyweight like factory. He was on the hot box and podcast with Mike Tyson, which if you haven't podcast. watched that, you have to watch that <laughs> podcast. Watch it after you watch this one. Yes. But Tyson Fury has talked about opening up a, a camp. He wants to stay in boxing and somehow, but you're right. I don't see him as like uh, this long title reign where he's taking on up-and-comers, but who actually else is there left for him him to fight? A Dillian White fight? I mean, you can kind of sell that. Maybe an Andy Ruiz fight uh, if he, he stays on the winning track, but you're right. I think if he says, I'm going to do two fights and I'm going to be out, but you never know. You see guys come back all the time. I mean, he did it himself. If you say he wins his next two fights, he's going to be the only undefeated fighter uh, left in the current crop unless someone comes along like Daniel Dubois uh, keeps winning his fights. He's got to get past uh, Joe Joyce. But it's interesting to see with Tyson Fury. I think he's the face of boxing, and I think that right now in the heavyweight division, I wouldn't want anyone else as the ambassador. 
Okay, Kern, there are a lot of fights on the boxing schedule that have not been finalized. We have one that is June 20th heavyweight title fight, AJ versus Kubret Pulov. We know that Kubra Pulov has a new trainer. We learned it this weekend over on the Fox Show. Mr. Joe Goosen will be in the corner of Pulov. The denim doctor is back. Will he make a difference in this fight? Because let's be honest, Pulov is staring at an uphill battle. Joe Goosen, one of the best boxing minds in our sport, right? He's a great trainer, and he's going to be training Pulev for this huge Anthony Joshua test. Will it make a difference? Yes. Does that mean that Pulev's going to necessarily win? No. Because Anthony Joshua, this version of him, right? He's more technical now, he can move more, and he's going to open himself up less. But Joe, Juice, Joe Goosen being in anyone's corner is a good thing. He's almost resurrected Chris Ariola in a way you could say. Chris Ariola at 39 years old had a great fight with Adam Kovnowski where they landed heavyweight records tracked by CompuBox. I think you've heard of those guys. So I think Joe Goosen is going to be a great addition for Pulev and it makes him dangerous because of what he's been able to do at the heavyweight level. Even though Pulev is 36 years old, I believe, 38 years old, uh, that's still young for heavyweights, right? If you're in your 30s, you're still dangerous as a heavyweight. Yeah, heavyweights age a lot better uh, than other weights, but you're right. Goosen will, will come in. Uh, will he make Pulev into a winner or means to be seen? I, I, don't, I don't think he'll be able to do that, but he makes the fight more interesting. Anytime Joe Goosen is involved with anything, whether it's broadcasting a fight or training a guy, I'm going to tune in because he has a great track record. You brought up Chris Ariola. Chris Ariola actually outthrew Adam Konaski uh, in that fight. Look what he's done with Sergey Lipinets as of late, and you go back to what he's done uh, in the early 2000s. The guy's track record speaks for itself in, in Joe Goosen. But one thing I think that he's going to do with this fight and with Pulev is turn him into a more offensive-minded fight. That is Joe Goosen's calling card. Look, take a look at Pulev's punch stats. Only throws 40 punches around underneath the heavyweight average of 46 thrown per round. He's going to jack that number up. You want to get that number up uh, into the 50s, maybe even into the 60s, because that is how you beat Anthony Joshua. This new Anthony Joshua 2.0 is with pressure and is with offense. So let's see if Goosen can implore that uh, into Pulev's game. I think it's unfortunate that Deontay Wilder wasn't able to bring into Joe Goosen into his camp, right? I think that would have been a huge. That was help. what we thought was going to be the. Announcement. That's what we thought. We saw Joe Goosen ringside. We said, "Hey, are you working with a big heavyweight?" He said, "It's not who you think." And then, of course, he made the announcement. I think that would have been a huge uh, chip for Wilder. I think that would have helped tremendously in the rematch. And if you look at changing trainers, right? Fury brought in Sugar Hill Stewart. That obviously helped uh, him in the rematch. So I think uh, I think it's a miss for Wilder that he didn't get Joe Goosen. Yeah, yeah, actually, I also thought it was going to be Ruiz. I, that's why I, I sent out a tweet early Saturday morning because we knew he was going to make some type of announcement, Goosen. I thought Ruiz and Goosen would be a perfect fit, but I, when I saw him ringside, too, before the fight went on, I said, is it Ruiz? And he's like, Andy Ruiz? No. No, 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 no. So you, it's, we know it's not going to be Atlas, either, because Teddy apparently hasn't talked to him uh, in over six weeks. So Andy Ruiz does not uh, have a trainer at the moment. We know that Cooper Pulev does. Round six here, and we are talking boxing rumors. So Pacquiao and Thurman, we know they had their great first fight. Pacquiao, Thurman, two. Could it happen in July? Give me a percentage. One good thing about going to these fights, uh, uh, being ringside, is you hear a lot of rumors. You brought up these rumors, and you hear people talking. You ask, hey, what, do you, what have you heard about Pacquiao? What have you heard about Spence? What have you heard about uh, Wilder Fury? Are these fights going to happen? What's next? But one rumor I did hear, and I'm going to have to ask Keith Thurman this when he joins us a little bit, is a rematch between Keith Thurman and, and Manny Pacquiao. I give this 
40% chance of happening. I don't think it's 50-50. I think that Pacquiao has already gone over the mountain of Keith Thurman. Doesn't want to stare down another big guy like that. I think he's going to fight Mikey Garcia. I'm going to go a little lower on percentage. I'm going to say 20%. I think Thurman wants this fight, but I think Pacquiao is going to end up fighting Errol Spence or Danny Garcia. And I think the only way this happens is if maybe Garcia and, and uh, Spence fight, then Pacquiao needs a dance partner. Another rumor I heard this weekend in Brooklyn is that Mikey Garcia, now that Manny Pacquiao supposedly will be fighting someone not named him, Mikey Garcia, he's going to fight Terrence Crawford. That is a juicy rumor. What percentage would you give that one? I'm going to say 80%. Wow. I know that's, that's high, and I'll tell you why. I think it makes a lot of sense here. I think Terrence Crawford needs a dance partner. We know Mikey Garcia likes to take on these welterweight challenges, right? He likes the big challenge and the big fight, and the fact that a lot of networks and promotions are working together. They see what uh, PBC and Top Rank did with, with Wilder Fury, and I think people want to make that happen and continue that trend. So I, say, I think it's going to happen. I'm putting it at 20%, and I'm basing this off of an interview that Bob Arum did with our friend Marcos Villegas, the journalist, where he walked walked off the interview because he brought up Mikey Garcia and, and Aram said Mikey Garcia's contracts his asking price are ludicrous and he got up and he literally walked <laughs> off the set so I can see Garcia asking for at least seven million uh, to fight Terrence Crawford and Bob Aram ripping up the contract and throwing it in his face wow I felt like Bob Aram was in the room with us there that was great I, I've done <laughs> impressions of Aram before and he does yes. not like him no he doesn't so let's keep it going so here's the next one for you next rumor we know Wilder Fury 3 is going to happen Wilder exercised the trilogy in the in the contract and that was slated for July 18th is that going to get pushed to August or September? 100%. I'm going 100%, or maybe 99.9. I've said right from the start, I don't believe this fight's going to happen in July. I don't think Wilder has the time to do it, and I don't think that the pay-per-view can properly build itself, although I don't really think it needs a build after, what, now 24 rounds of, oh, not 24 rounds, 12, 19 rounds of action between the two guys. I think this fight ultimately happens in the fall. I think that the Fox and ESPN will put all their marketing uh, between college football, NFL, and all that into a fall matchup. I think it's ultimately going to push back, and I have a very good source it tells me that well sources are always important i'm gonna say 95 percent. it's just based on the fact that it was such a brutal fight for wilder i don't think he's gonna get back that early and i think they'll be able to negotiate a little wiggle room there and they'll push it back a little bit the horn just blew but i want to get one last rumor in i heard that errol spence's teeth is the last thing that's keep holding up him from a full uh, recovery here he's not sparring with Derek james another rumor that i heard so keep an eye on that's why we haven't heard much on the turn on the errol spence uh front line Another lightning round here. It's a shoeshine moment here on the standing eight count, round seven. A lot of moving parts in boxing right now. A lot of yep. fights being talked about that are not being finalized. We're going to go, I'm going to bounce some questions off of you right now. Canelo Saunders will be announced when? I'm going to say in the next couple weeks, but I, I think it's going to be soon. Really? You don't think this is going to happen this week? I know Coppinger reported it. Oscar De La Hoya put out an uh, Instagram story or some type of thing saying, no, it's only going to come from me and not Mike Coppinger and his turtleneck. There, there's something weird going on with this fight. Something's holding it up. Why hasn't it been announced fully yet? So I'm going to say a couple weeks. Andy Ruiz's next opponent will be who? Chris Ariola. I don't think it's going to be Konaski. I don't think it's going to be Robert Helinus because Helinus is going to want to wait to get that title shot because he is now the new WBA number one contender. Bring up Chris Ariola. Do it in, in Southern California. Uh, a beatdown for Andy Ruiz and uh, Joe Goosen gets another payday. I, I like that fight, but I still think it should be Adam Kovnaski. I think both guys, Kovnaski lost, Ruiz lost. I think let's throw him in there, and I think that'll be good for both fighters. Another fight that hasn't been announced and it's taking forever is the one I want to see 
the most. Vasil Lomachenko versus Teofimo Lopez. Bob Barham says it will not be announced this weekend when Top Break puts on two cards in New York City Saturday night. Uh, Shakur Stevenson, Tuesday night, Mick Conlon. This fight happens before or after the May 30th, not before, but does this fight happen on May 30th or after? I'm going to take May 30th. I think they'll figure it out. I know that they're still having issues, but Teofimo did tweet May 30th, the cryptic, uh, you know, the PP blank. So I think I think they'll get it done for May 30th. Yeah, I mean, that's a fight that has, I mean, I've talked to Teofimo, spent a lot of time with him in Vegas. You know, I, his dad was with us, and he went up to his dad and was like, Dad, you know, I don't know what's going on, what's, and it's last-minute stuff. I think it's Lomachenko. Do you think it's Lomachenko holding up? He's never fought in a pay-per-view before. Yeah, I think it seems like Teofimo's ready and hungry, but Lomachenko maybe is is holding it up a little bit. So let me ask you this last uh, last question in our in our lightning round. Tank versus Leo Santa Cruz. If it's on pay-per-view, which it most likely will be, will it do over 250,000 buys? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to go slightly under 250. Okay. Uh, it's a first-time pay-per-view for both guys. It's a, looking at it as like a mismatch. I think that Javanta... I think they're doing it at 135. Uh, I don't know if he can even make that weight anymore, and it'll be Leo Santa Cruz going up. I don't know. Uh, it's a tough one. It's also going to be in the summer around a lot of pay-per-views. I'm going to go under 250. I'm going to take the under as well. I think it's going to be well under, unfortunately, and the reasons are we just had a huge heavyweight matchup, right? And that did 800 to 850,000 buys is the numbers that were reported. That was two huge heavyweights undefeated with two marketing arms. This doesn't have that necessarily. It's a good boxing match but not a necessarily good match to sell to uh casual sports fans may or may not turn in tune in for this so i'm going to say well under i think a lot of people are going to stream it a lot of piracy it's going it's, it's also this era right it's tough rampant and especially at that time like they, they're saying they want to do that fight in, in around the summer or around that that like uh that memorial day weekend we're also going to see lomachenko and tiafino supposed to be a pay-per-view. A lot of moving parts here in the boxing world. Hopefully we get some more solid fight dates uh, in the near future. Our final topic here. So we just had the fifth anniversary of PBC. Let me ask you this. Dan, how healthy is the PBC brand and what were the most memorable fights in the last five years for PBC? Before I give my answer, I have to thank Al Heyman. <laughs> I do cash checks uh, from PBC, but it's not going to change my thoughts on what I'm about to say. Uh, I think that, uh, no, it's all good. I think it's been all good. As long as you haven't, you weren't part of that original Waddle and Reed investors who squandered the $500 million, I think you're fine. Who cares uh, how that all played out? PBC came in five years ago, and who can forget? I was actually at the original press conference. I was interviewing Bob Costas and Al Michaels and, and Sugar Ray Leonard when they announced in the, in the Rainbow Room at 30 Rock that the PBC was going to be formed and they were going to do uh, fights. The first fight, the first main event, was Keith Thurman, a guy we're going to have on in, in a little bit. I think he has benefited the most uh, from this PBC f formation. And you take a look at some of the most important fights and some of the best fights. I'll go with most important first. I think it is uh, is a Porter versus Keith Thurman. It happened in 2016 in the summer. They put the fight on CBS and the, it had a lot of uh, expectations and it delivered because it was. Uh, I think it was the fight of the year or it was in the discussion for fight of the year. That's, I think, the most important one. As for the best, a lot of names, a lot of fights being thrown my way, but a lot of the ones that the fans think, or at least on my Twitter account, is uh, Cleverly versus Fonfara and Glonaki versus Huck. Two absolute slugfests. So if you remember when PBC came out, right, it was yeah. a lot of fanfare and a lot of people who are, like, questioning, what is this exactly? They tried a lot of different things. They had high-level announcers, uh, Mark Sugar Ray Leonard, a bunch of people... 
They used to paint each locker room in a certain color. They had the specific ring walks. And a lot of it was time buys, right? It was a different model. So you're wondering how long can they last with this? But even though people called for the demise of PBC, they signed this big Fox deal. They're thriving now. They have some of the best fighters in the sport. And so they're doing big things. So people who have been calling for the demise of PBC, that may have been way too early. Now, for the most memorable, important fights, I'm going to go a little bit of curveball here. I'm going to say a fight that they were involved in, and that is Wilder Fury 2. And the reason I say that is because we've always said this in boxing. The fans win when promoters and networks are able to work together. And they were able to work together on this massive event, the fight delivered we we grabbed the attention of sports fans around the world and i think that was a huge event and hopefully we see more yeah it's definitely the most controversial organization of all and you have yes. guys on twitter who uh the Haymanites and all those twitter accounts that go right. up and get taken down people they have their members that love the pbc and the detractors as well so that's what boxing really is in a nutshell is uh, is you have people who love it and you have people who hate it but i'm going to read off some of the other big fights people are throwing away david cushing likes pack versus Thurman. shout out to david cushing my man Miguel and Amir Khan likes uh, hard, but personal favorite is Thurman versus Porter. Yeah, a lot of the Huck versus Glonaki uh, came over, but you know it's been five years of the PBC, and I expect them not to go anywhere. They're getting the best ratings on Fox, and, it, and it's going to continue. Unfortunately, this segment has come to an end, Mr. Kermit Batia. Thanks so much for having me. Hopefully, we can last as long as uh, PBC does. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. Coming up next after the break, Keith Thurman, a man that has benefited greatly from the PBC formation he has to say about his comeback trail. Our next interview on Inside Boxing Live is brought to you by Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar. Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar located just a few steps away from Madison Square Garden and Times Square. Go into Jack Doyle's for all your entertainment needs. From happy hours to birthday parties to private events, Jack Doyle's has you covered. Once again, that's Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar located on 240 West 35th Street. Joining us here now on Inside Boxing Live, Keith One-Time Thurman joining us from his luxury sports car. Love to see it, Keith. Uh, weather looks good over there. I'm guessing you're you're in Florida? Yep. I don't even know why I'm wearing a sweater. I'm about to take it off. The sun came out. It's hot. Well, it's 70 degrees here in New York, so when whenever it gets above 70 in March, people go crazy here in, in New York City, so... Weather's good. You're doing good. Hand injury. Going to bring it up right off the bat. Uh, you're rehabbing a, a, an injury, and, and what's the latest on that? And give us an update. Your fans an update on, on how everything's going health wise. Uh, it's doing pretty good. Um, you know, we got to make sure that everything's good with the body. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still nervous about <laughs> there it getting is. anything really hard oh, and wow. solid. But you know, I'm I'm always going to have these two little scars there. Um, I got two staples that hopefully will never need to be removed. Uh, they're anchored in quite well. Wow. Um, and they're just very small. They're very small. It's, it's nothing. Uh, the bone is fused together. There's no um, gaps when, a, you know, when you, if you look at vertebrae or certain bones and you see joints, if anybody's had an x-ray, you're going to see separation in between joints. Yeah. You know, so um, the separation that was in some of the small metacarpals in between the joints of my hands have now been fused together and it's one solid bone. And um, I'm hoping that because it's solid, I'll be able to punch hard and solid again, but I'm still just easing into it. Um, strengthening a lot with band work, um, wrist work, flexion, different things. But um, I'm, you know, I'm on the double end bag right now and um, I'm looking forward to getting back into uh, a heavy bag. Um, hopefully 
hopefully nice and easy in about two more weeks. Is there a certain date that you're looking at, like a benchmark, or I got to get to this before this date? Or I know. Um, I'm just I'm just thinking summertime. You know, any little little summertime. <laughs> Little Will Smith action, summer, summertime. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You look summer, you're, summertime. The music video for that one. You know, he was we don't. In the car. We don't have any real. We don't have a date on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a contract on the table right now. Um, and I'm not. And I'm not sure what kind of doors are going to open up. But I'm looking forward. You know, I got like, I got a few names on on the top of my head that could be possibilities. Please share. We'll see. Who are they? Name names. I mean, uh, are you gonna take like a like a Jose Cito Lopez type fight, or are you gonna jump right into the deep end? See, that's the that's the thing, you know. Um, I want I want a little bit of action. I definitely want to do something that's that's fun for me and um, exciting for the fans. So, uh, you know, could could me and Danny have our rematch in 2020? Uh, do I get to step back in the ring? I'll you know I'll fight just Pacquiao this year. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care, you know. Yeah. Give me that fight. That'll be my one fight, you know. How about Adrian Broner? That's a name that I feel like uh, two guys that are willing to get back into the winner's circle. That is Saw him name. in Vegas. That is a name that some people, yeah, some fans, uh, they, they like that matchup. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. There's there's a lot that could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to see what's really going to manifest. Well, I was in Brooklyn this weekend for the Konaski fight, and some rumors I heard were a rematch with Manny Pacquiao. You, you just brought it up yourself. I know you really want it. You had a, it was a really good fight. It went back and forth. I was there ringside counting your punches. You landed 192 power punches, Keith. That's the most ever landed on Manny Pacquiao in his illustrious career. Has there been any talks? I know Pacquiao is flirting with a lot of names, but there has ever been any, like, I wouldn't say negotiations, but has his camp reached out in any way to see if you could possibly be ready for a July rematch? I heard a little bit of, you know, uh, he wanted to get back a little sooner before I wanted to get back, and that made it seem like it, that um, I wasn't going to be able to put pressure on Pacquiao. But, you know, I feel like every day he waits to not announce a fight date just makes it more likely for us to be on the same pattern, you know? So um, regardless of it's the next fight, you know, and how active is he going to be this year? Does he want to fight Keith Thurman? Uh, again, is he trying to fight, you know, in the next three months? What is he trying to do? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's a lot of things that I believe that I could do if uh, presented the opportunity. Like I said, um, I would love to step back into the ring sometime this summer. Mm-hmm. So the more he procrastinates, uh, to <laughs> me, I just want my I just want my belt back. You know? Right. At least a shot. Yeah. At least a shot to step back in the ring and um and get what's uh get what's mine are you fixated on getting that specific belt back because i know you want to be a champion again but their belts have changed hands a lot over the last couple of years in boxing your wbc belt now is in the hands of errol spence i know he uh is having his issues with coming back from that horrific car accident but also another belt holder is terence crawford those are two names that you didn't list uh right there before would you jump in with them i feel like terence crawford and top rank there are to lack of a better word, desperate for an opponent, they would throw a lot of money your way for you to get into the ring with Terrence Crawford, and that would be an awesome fight. Uh, the big check proposal uh, is always enticing, you know. Uh, come come fight this guy for this amount. You know, that, that could always be very enticing. Uh, and I look forward to that phone call, if that phone call is on its way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, big rumors about him and uh, Spence, you know, back and forth, little Twitter beef. 
so we'll see, man. You know, for the most part, I like the fight. You know, I like to fight the champions. Uh, you know, Spence coming off of that, uh, his injuries and everything, we don't know how he's going to perform. The fans are interested. We want to see how his body's doing, um, how he's feeling, and how he's moving about. Um, but outside of that, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, you know, I really just love making some of the most exciting fights in the welterweight division. Yep. And I think me and Crawford could be one of those matchups. So I definitely would not uh, probably turn down a, a decent offer. I like that. I like to hear that. What, have you heard anything from Spence? I mean, boxing, you hear people talk. I have heard nothing. I haven't heard a, a, a peep about yeah, where he is. You know, I think it's I think I think there's not much uh, for him to do besides take care of himself yeah. and prepare to uh, get back into the ring in the best physical shape possible, um, you know, uh, work with his team uh, and yeah. his coaches, his, his whatever he has to do uh, for his uh, therapy. But, you know, as long as he, you know, his shoulders, his elbows, his knees, and everything that's really required to be a physically good fighter – as long as all those didn't get banged up that yeah. uh, badly, you know, I think he's going to be able to uh, perform strong. Yeah. And I look forward to his next performance as yeah. well. Yeah, I heard it was teeth. I heard the teeth were the last thing. That's why I don't know if he's sparring. I know there's videos of him you know, hitting the mitts with yeah, Derek James. I, I heard oral surgery, you know, surgery of the mouth. You yeah. Know? So uh, uh, at the end of the day, you know, is there is there anything with his jaw? How does it feel when he gets hit again? Yeah. You know, how does he you know, feel when he gets hit by a big punch, you know, as long as um, as long as everything holds up, it is what it is. You know, mm -hmm. if he's affected, you know, that is what it is, too, you know, but um, hopefully he's able to bring his skills and the dynamic into the ring, regardless of if, how his chin's going to feel in the future. You know, yeah. that is what it is. But, yeah. um, you know, we still look forward to seeing his performance. You know what's funny is the welterweight division for years has been like the most dependable division where you're going to get the most surefire big fights, a lot of action. But it's like right now it's volatile as ever. You're out. Spence is out. Uh, Pacquiao hasn't fought since your fight. Uh, Terrence Crawford's looking for fights. I mean, who's the king right now in your eyes at welterweight? Uh, you know, I think ever since Floyd left, there never was a king, you know. Um, it's really hard to be a king, you know. Um because a, a king it doesn't really just get crowned, um, you know, overnight, in my opinion. You know, Alexa, if you dethrone a king, you know, that's one thing. But for the most part, when a king steps down, there's no automatic throning, you know. So because of that, you really have to work to be called the king of a division. You know, and we know that Floyd put in that work mm -hmm. before he was really ever uh, considered... Uh, before he even, you know, he he never crowned himself king. He crowned himself TBE, you know, the best ever. <laughs> right. You know, and that was his that was his way of, of crowning himself, mm -hmm. you know. What's the first thing you bought with the Pacquiao money? That was a terrible segue, but I want to know. Uh, the, the condo. That's the only thing that's oh, okay. important. Nothing else matters. You know, everything else I already had. You know, I was I was running uh, pre-pack uh, fight. I was in a, um, you know, furnished condo you know costing me uh 7k a month in my own city wow. you're smart you know? um yeah so you know i just got my own little two bedroom for me and the wife um uh, in the heart of downtown great uh security uh she feels safe i feel safe um, like it. so did you upgrade and, from the uh, prius yeah, it's, it's good man you know 
it is we actually we actually got uh the grand prix is um is a big thing down here in um saint pete because they start every year whatever their tour is it always starts it's like the kickoff is right here in downtown saint pete um they're setting up the the streets already they're blocking off certain roads and we're gonna have you know some race some real race cars nothing like no nothing like what i've been driving no priuses <laughs> you know no bmws no ford mustangs we're gonna have some f1s riding around town here it's gonna be loud this weekend i'm oh, telling you it's put gonna your be ear, real loud put your ear, earbuds in lastly I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this a fan sent me a picture of you it was you at a craps table the week of the pacquiao fight and he claims it was three in the morning, uh, the week of the fight. I quickly shot it down. I said, first of all, you can't prove what time it was. Well, that'd be interesting. I never played craps. Whatever. I don't Blackjack. Play craps. I don't know. It was a picture of you yeah, at, okay. at a table. That's better. Picture That's better. Blackjack. Okay. We confirmed that part. But he says it was three right, in the morning. Make sure not Photoshop Keith Thurman at the craps <laughs> table when he don't play craps, baby. Come on. Well, he said Keith Thurman was out gambling. We'll just use gambling. It was three in the morning, and it was the week of the fight. I quickly was like, okay, first of all, what's the big deal? So you supposed to fighters have to just stay in their rooms all all the entire fight? We don't know how a guy deals with the stress of a fight or how he blows off some steam. Were you gambling? Yep. Uh, for, were you gambling yeah. at three in the morning? Is that even a big deal? All right, well, I wish I was gambling at 3 in the morning because it probably actually wasn't 3 in the morning yet. But anyways, I wish I was gambling early in the morning because I went down to blow off some steam. I had room service coming up to the room, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was going to eat a burger and go to bed. At the end of the day, I was like, man, let me go down. Let me mess around, blow off some steam, get this action in, this and that. I go down. Who's down there? A, B, you know? And now AB's down there. AB already a little, a little lit lit. He's in a little, a little uh, uh, yeah. intoxicated is 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 another term, I guess. Yes, that is the so term. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he approaches me, man, and he doesn't just approach me. You know, I'm I'm trying to just mess around, get this action in for about ten minutes, go back to the room, smash the burger, get ready for the fight. I'm just going through what I want to do, mm-hmm. right? I'm a grown man. I'm just doing what I want to do. Exactly. He approaches me, starts rapping with me, <laughs> starts telling me to go back to my room, you know, starts telling me this and that. I'm like, yo, I already know I'm not going to sleep right away. You know what I mean? So what's the difference of a here and a there, you know? Starts dissing my squad, saying, yo, these yes men, they're not taking care of you, Keep this and that, you know? And it's like, you know, it is what it is, man. And to a degree, I appreciated his um, some of the things that he was spitting. He actually came across, you know, as, as sincere. Like, you know, you got a big fight, champ. Just focus, you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm like, man, let me do what I came here to do. Get on this table. <laughs> mess around for 10 minutes. You know, eat. let me get this action here before my big action tomorrow. You know, I want to compete. You know, that's all it is. It's the competitor in me. We always wow. want to mess around with the casinos. A lot of athletes, we like to play because we like to win, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I spent more time listening to him talk <laughs> than being at the table. Yeah, right? He, I mean, imagine getting you know, advice and from Broner. And, and I had to fight my way to place one bet at the table. I said, man, let me get this action one time. Yeah. And then I busted on out. Yeah. You know, and then I get ranted for making my appearance, not even getting to play the action I wanted to play. <laughs> I should have left that. I should have left the blackjack. I should have, you know, 
listen to him yap at me while I'm playing roulette. Yeah, exactly. Because that they would have spun the they would have spun <laughs> the ball. That I would have been I would have been playing my numbers, but I just wanted to wow. you know mess around, give it a little 15 minutes down at the table. Yeah, nothing wrong you know, with that, instead right? Instead I, I was harassed. Instead I was harassed for 20, and you know it is what it is, man. Yeah. And at the end of the day. Nobody will say anything about a man's actions prior to a fight when he wins. It's only when he loses that exactly. now it starts yeah. being speculated on whether or not that was a, a good decision. Um, you know, but I believe that ultimately at the end of the day, uh, so much happened in the moment of that, uh, the first round in that knockdown. Yeah. You know, when when dominating a fight, you want to get into sports, you want to get into turnarounds, you want to get into um, grand slams, um, home runs, pick and runs, you know, whoop de woos, you know, any, 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 any you know, uh, thing that's happened in sports that's that's been a turnaround moment, you know. At the end of the day, you know, like when uh, when when, when Iverson made uh, Jordan look like a fool on the court, yep. man, uh, broke his ankles, you yep. know. At the at the end of the day, the one thing that um was apparent is that pacquiao has the fighting spirit and when i was beaten when i was pushing him around and i was bullying him all in the first round he gathered a little bit of himself right towards the end and he said you know i'm tired of this <laughs> i'm swinging on your ass and in that moment i didn't i didn't feel the i didn't feel it i was already i was like man i'm a backup man was he like, come on, Brent, like, I'm going to give him some space. What do you want to do? And he's like, doo, doo, that's what I want to do. And it's like, shit, you know, I'm backing up. My hand was a little down. The backwards momentum, regardless of if there was, you know, the the whole foot thing, it wasn't like a, a, a big thing. You get a little mix-ups with the southpaw. Yeah. But it was the momentum of me backing up instead of me moving forward. I already was on his – I was already pushing him back. They were winning the round. So winning the round. So if I don't give him that breather, you know, at the end of the day, he doesn't have that same opportunity. You have to have the ability. You need an opportunity. Yep. He wanted to be in. He wanted to make his presence felt in the fight. And the first time he burst out of the shotgun barrel, he came with some heat. <laughs> man, what and, a moment! Uh, it just it just got me at the right at the right time. Man. What a you moment! Know, what a sometimes, moment. like I tell people. It's not every punch. Like you go to the compu box, you tell me how many punches I landed, yeah. and you know those are great stats. And I know, I know, I put on a great performance. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's the illusionary effect that you did the most damage because you landed a few punches at the right times yep. of a specific time, of specific rounds, and you just do what we call steal the show. You know, um, you know. I feel like for me, this is my Roberto Duran uh, fight. You know, like there's a lot to learn from it. Um, you know, I believe I have, I believe the, that day I have the skills and ability to beat Pacquiao to this day. I believe I have the skills and ability to beat Pacquiao. I believe I've shown it, um, throughout that fight. Um, but you know, sometimes, uh, rulings don't go your way. Uh, it is what it is. You know, I, I've, I've competed in this sport my whole life since the age of seven years old. Mm. I know what it's like to be in a, in a tough fight. I know what it's like to lose. I didn't feel like I, I really lost that fight, but I also know what it's like to be in close fights where you just leave it up into the hands of the judges. Yeah. And there are times where, you know, you have to take the L because it's what they, what they saw for that day, for that day, at the end of the day, you didn't do enough for them. 
to me, I always say there's millions of attendants and viewers, but there's only about three people that only matter. Isn't that crazy? Three, it's three spectators. Yeah. Three spectators really matter. Yeah, and you've been on the you've been on the winning end of a lot of close people, decisions. Uh, Kevin Ioli, all them, YouTube, whatever people want to say, you know, that doesn't matter. There's three spectators that really matter. Yeah, I mean, you've been on the on the end of some really close decisions in the winning column. I think that you put on a good performance, and I think a lot of fans, uh, you know, they, you came out a winner, like you said, and they want to see you fight again. We Hopefully we get to see you in the ring uh, this summer, get your titles back, and just give us those fights that you've been giving us your entire career. Keith, one time Thurman, thank you for the time. Enjoy your weekend thank racing you your, your speed cars. Love it. How about that, Keith Thurman? The best interview in boxing outside of maybe Eddie Hearn. Love when Keith jumps on the show. Interesting nuggets there. Brought up Keith. Uh, Keith brought up uh, Terence Crawford, Errol Spence. He, he wouldn't mind finding Danny Garcia or a rematch uh, with Manny Pacquiao. Would love to see Keith back in the welterweight division. He's absolutely right. There's a lot of parity in the welterweight division. A lot of parity in the world of boxing. It's been a great show. Gotta thank Keith once again for joining us on the program. My partner is always Karim Badia for joining us for another Standing 8 Count segment. If you like the show, subscribe to us on YouTube at CompuBox TV. Watch us on Pluto TV, the fight channel. 509, got Manny Pacquiao with me right here. Manny, who are you gonna fight? You gonna fight Mikey Garcia? Or are you gonna fight Errol Spence? Are you gonna fight Keith Thurman? Well, that doesn't really help. We'll see you next week.